0: Amen. Alright, in this evening's sermon I'm going to be answering the question can a Christian lose his rewards? Can a Christian lose his rewards? Now, here in 2 John, there's a particular verse that I'm going to focus on here in just a moment that I believe answers that question. Oftentimes on these subjects, you'll have just one super clear verse or a couple of very clear verses on this issue. And then it's spoken of, you know, uh, quite often in other areas of the Bible, Bible as well. But we have a very clear verse that I believe that answers that question just in one individual verse, very direct. But first I want to begin, before I talk about rewards and getting rewards and and things along uh, those lines and that sort, first I want to begin on the subject of salvation, just being saved. Because many people are very confused about the way of salvation. They're confused about the gospel, about how we get to heaven and what someone does to get to heaven. A lot of people think that you have to be good to get to heaven. A lot of people think that the way to get to heaven is by having good works or that your your good in this life outweighs your bad. Well, the Bible is very clear that there's none good. No, not one. There's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us deserve heaven. None of us are good enough to go to heaven. None of us could ever live a good enough life to where we could merit heaven. It's not possible. And the Bible's very, very clear about that. Amen. Salvation is by grace through faith. Grace is unmerited favor, it's like mercy, it's something that you do not deserve. None of us deserve heaven. We actually deserve hell. We deserve what Jesus took. We deserve the punishment that Jesus took on the cross, and the punishment that Jesus took in hell for three days and three nights. He was taking your punishment, meaning that's what you deserve. That's what we deserve. All of us as Christians, you know, that are saved at one point before our sins were forgiven, you know, we were on our way to hell because that's what the wages of sin, you know, uh, is. That is the wages of sin. It's death and hell. Now. Salvation, as I said, it's by grace through faith. All we do is we just put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and we are saved. The Bible says, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So salvation is 100% by faith. It's just by believing. I want you to go to the book of John. I want to look at two verses in the book of John. First, I want to look at the also famous John 3.16, the most famous verse in the whole Bible. Tells us about salvation, how we get to heaven. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what must we do to get to heaven? What do we have to do to be able to have or inherit everlasting life or eternal life? We have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to put our, fun, our, our faith in the Son of God, and that's it. So we have to put our faith in the Son of God, and we're saved. Once we are saved, the Bible says that we become a child of God. All of our sins have been taken away. And now, at this point, you as a Christian can begin to accumulate or to earn rewards in heaven. Heaven cannot be earned. Heaven cannot be merited. Your place in heaven cannot be earned by your good works. That is by grace and mercy and, and by your faith. That is all. That is the only thing that you have to do. But once you are saved and once you are on your way to heaven and once you are a child of God, you have the ability, God graciously gives us the ability to be able to earn rewards. He loves us and He he cares for us and He allows us. And and what He will do is, now once you are a child of God and you're on your way to heaven, everything that you do that's good, God will give you a reward for it. Look at John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4 verse number 36 speaking about his disciples it says and he that reapeth talk about soul winning doing good works of course and he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal so notice there that if you reap if you do good works you're going to receive wages for your works that you have done God is going to pay you back for the good works that you do as a Christian. Those that are saved, the good things that they do, soul winning, whatever it may be, that God will pay you back and you will receive wages for what you've done. And then it goes further and says, And gathereth fruit unto life eternal. So you can take fruit with you. These are your wages. These are the things you've earned. You will be given fruit. So yes, as Christians, we can earn rewards once we are saved. Salvation cannot be earned. But you can after you are saved, after you have a place in heaven, you can earn rewards that will follow you to heaven. Go to 1 Corinthians 3 and we'll see this again, very clearly taught in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Both of those truths are taught here that Salvation is not based on our works, and it's totally separate. It's totally distinct from our works. Rewards has nothing to do with heaven. Look at 1 Corinthians 3. First Corinthians 3, look at verse number 9. It says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver... Precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, talking about judgment, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So what sort, he's saying, which category is it going to go into? Over here you have gold, silver, precious stones. And then over here you have wood, hay, stubble. Over here you have things of value, things that are are eternal, things that are going to last. Over here you have things that are not of value, things that are worthless, things that are not going to last, things that if they were tried by fire, they would burn up and disintegrate and totally disappear and be gone. Over here you have things that if they're tried by fire, they're going to become more beautiful. They're going to have more of a luster. They're going to be more pretty to look to, right? So he's saying they're going to find out which category they're in or what sort they are, what what type they are, right? And then he says this, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So as he's talking about, if your works that you have have performed throughout this life, if they are of gold, silver, precious stones, and they abide and they stay, you'll receive a reward for that. Those will be your rewards. That work will be your reward, right? But if not, look at verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So notice that he's still going to be saved. Notice that his rewards are totally distinct, separate, and different than his salvation. Even if he has no good works, even if he has no works at all following him that have any value, he'll suffer loss. Yes, he wasted his life. He lost everything that he spent his time on. He's suffering a major loss his whole life. Right? In labor and everything. He's losing everything that he labored on. But it says, Yet he shall be saved. Yet so as by fire. I'm sorry. But he himself shall be saved. Yet so as by fire. So you would still be saved. So, two proofs there that I wanted to show you are truths. Number one... Being saved is totally distinct from rewards. And at the moment of salvation, then you're a child of God. You can now, that you have the foundation of Jesus Christ, build upon your own personal foundation in your life. And you can do good works and you can earn rewards for those those good works that you have done. You can reap wages and, 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 and fruit unto life eternal, right? But if you waste your life and spend it on things that are vain and things that have no value, you will suffer loss. But if you're saved, you still have the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're on upon that rock, you will still be saved. So there's a couple of truths that we learn there. There are rewards for those in heaven. They are. Totally distinct from salvation. But they, they, there is and there are rewards that will be distributed to people that they will take with them on into eternity. That's what the Bible teaches very clearly. The question that I'm going to be answering this evening is, can a Christian lose rewards? Can you work for rewards in your life and serve God in your Christian life and earn rewards that have been put upon your account and then can you do something where those rewards can be lost? Can you live a life to where those those rewards can be revoked or maybe he can take away those rewards? I want you to go to 2nd John. Now I believe that there's a very clear verse here that we're going to look at right now. There's a few passages that we're going to look at but I believe that this verse right here alone answers that question. In 2 John, I've heard this interpreted a few different ways, but we're going to look at the verse and see what it's actually saying. Of course, there's only one chapter. It's just the 13 verses. Look at 2 John again. I want you to look with me at verse 8. It says this, Look to yourselves. Now, what does that mean? Examine yourself, basically. Pay attention. Take heed is what it means. Take heed. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought. But that we receive a full reward. Now I believe that the verse is very plain. I still have the same interpretation from the very first time that I read it. I think it's very easy to understand. So he starts off with the warning, look to yourselves, but then he makes this statement that we lose not those things which we have wrought but that we receive a full reward. Now I've heard it interpreted this way that the full reward is, you know, uh, the maximum that you can get, right? It's the maximum amount of rewards that you can get. And basically, you know, this is, this is what you would have had. And it doesn't even make sense, to be honest, because it's still, you, you, you still come around to losing rewards. That where you are in your life right now and the work that you've done for your, you know, in your Christian life, and the work that you've done for Christ in your Christian life, This is what you would have received at this point. Like this is what you would have gotten. A measurement here. You know, whatever line that that would be drawn, right? But if you were to, you know, continue living, you know, uh, or or not continue living a Christian life, but start to live a sinful life and, you know, stop serving God and things like that, what would have happened was you would have received a much larger reward for what you would have done. But now it's not going to be a full reward to what you could have had. You know so you're losing out on things that you could have gained, basically, is what they would be teaching. Do everyone understand what I'm saying? There are rewards that, you, that could have been gotten in the next few years in your Christian life that, that you couldn't ha- that you didn't inherit. Now here's the problem with that. It actually says the exact opposite. because look at the verse and how it's worded, that we lose not, now watch this, those things which we have wrought. Now, What is it referring to? Is it referring to things that you are going to do in the future or rewards that you could earn in the future or is it referring to things that you've already done? It says this, look to yourselves that we lose not those things and then it says this, which we have wrought. That's past tense. That's past tense and it's as clear as day. What's being taught here is very plain. A lot of people don't like it, I believe, is why they will reject this teaching. What John is saying is that you need to pay attention in your Christian life. You need to look to yourselves and examine yourself and make sure that you don't backslide. Make sure that you don't stop serving God. Make sure that you don't, you know, that you don't stop soul winning, that you don't stop reading your Bible, that you don't stop praying, that you don't stop doing whatever this may be in your Christian life. Because what could happen is you could lose the rewards which you have wrought. Past tense. There were rewards. It actually says those things which we have wrought. And then he says that we may receive a full reward. Right? So, there are things which you have wrought in your Christian life which brought about and God was reckoning for those works, rewards. But it's possible to lose those things which you have wrought. That means those things would be taken away. That means that those things and the works that you had wrought... That would be removed from your account and it would no longer be reckoned under your account. You've lost those things which you have wrought. And you're no longer going to receive a full reward. You would lose those things, past tense, which you have wrought. So I believe that the question is answered right here. But I'm going to show you some other verses in the Bible that I believe teach the exact same thing. That God, uh, that that we can lose rewards. I believe that we can lose rewards as is being taught here. I believe that if a Christian, God is obviously just and perfect. And God knows, you know, uh, uh, at the end of your life, God is going to look at the works that you've done, good and bad. And for the good, obviously at times in your life, you were, you were going to be reckoned, you know, this reward for what you have done. And that would have been your full reward. You could have been getting the maximum reward, right? That's the full reward. But it's possible in your life that if you were to stop serving God, you were to backslide, you were to do whatever, get out of church and commit all sorts of sin, what could happen is you would no longer receive that full reward. So if right now you were going to be getting a full reward or you were going to be getting the maximum of what you could receive or whatever it may be, that would be deducted. That would be taken off of the top of that. You would be getting less of a reward. The good thing is this. God is just. That's a good thing. God is just and God is equal and God knows what you deserve and God's not going to take less you know, or take more from you than what you deserve. God's going to give you exactly what you deserve. So, I'm glad that we don't serve an unjust God. That I actually will be paid equally for the things that I do and the work that I do and that He understands justice. He knows whether I should get this reward or whether I shouldn't. Or whether I've done, you know, well enough in my life to get this or that or however it works out. Uh, I'm not going to be going into the details about the types of rewards, but I'm going to be talking about this particular question. Can we lose rewards? Now, I want you to go to... Uh, I'll have you go to uh, uh Nehemiah chapter number 13. Ne- Nehemiah chapter number 13. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter number 20 now. The uh, the, uh, the objection that I've heard on this particular topic and it's a good objection. I understand people and why they think this way. But a lot of people when they think about what you've what you've done for something and how to earn something, they think that Almost like as if if you've, if you've done a particular task that merited this particular work. This is kind of how they view the rewards of the Christian life. If you've done a particular task that merited this particular work, you should get the reward for that no matter what. And if you don't do another task, well then you shouldn't get the reward for that. And, 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 if, and if you just quit serving God, then basically what should happen is you, know, you should just get the rewards for the work that you've done. But the Bible seems to teach that after you've done those works to merit certain rewards, that you can actually do things and commit sins and backslide and lose those things which you have wrought. You can actually earn rewards, but then you can do things that will cancel those rewards out. And this is why, because you're not... You know, this is the title of last evening's sermon, last Sunday. You're not seeing the big picture because God looks at it as a big picture, and you have to finish the whole race. You have to finish the whole course, and he's judging you based upon your entire life. Not just based upon this one little merit or this one little deed that you did and you're just merited for that. And then this other deed, and then you're merited for that. No, that's not how it works. He's gonna balance your rewards out at the end of your life. That's how God is going to do things. Now, a lot of times we think like, well, you know, if I get paid hourly, you know, and I work two hours, even if I leave and quit and do a bad job, in the, you know, the later, you know, then I should get paid at least for those two hours. But that's not the, that, you know, that's the system of payment that we're familiar with because most of us get paid hourly. But there's a lot of people that get paid salary, which is a different type of payment. There's a lot of people that get paid by the job. They get paid like contractors. And this is how I worked for probably the first three or four years of my life when I was about 18 to about 21. I worked as a contractor, and this is how it worked. I would go into somebody's house and install services for them cable, internet, and TV. I'm sorry, cable, internet, and telephone services. Those three services. Sometimes on very big jobs, I would be there for six, seven hours. Now, if I did 95% of the work, and I was there for six hours and I walked out and didn't complete the job and close the job out on my, you know, uh, uh, tablet or, or call the job into my dispatch and close the job out. I didn't activate those boxes. If there was something that I didn't do at the very end, I wouldn't get paid for any of the work that I had done. The same thing works with a contractor that's hired to build a building. They're hired the same exact way on a contract. This is what you need to do. You need to do this, 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 and this, and I want you to think about it, hey, for building this portion, or building out the kitchen, this is what I'm going to pay you, and this is what it's worth to build the kitchen, and this is what it's worth to build the foyer, and this is what it's worth to build the great room, and the living room, and all of these different things, but then you also have this, you know, the payment in the large scale, right? they're not going to get a check for each individual thing there. They're not going to get paid individually. They're going to get paid at the end of the job for the whole thing as long as they finish the entire job. So there are many different ways that people get paid. And to fixate because maybe you are just used to being paid by the hour, that's a very different and, and it's actually a, 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 the minority of the way that people have been paid throughout history is by the hour. The majority of time, people are paid by the job. You do this and I'll pay you this. That's the majority of of agreements on how people are paid. And God looks at the whole picture. He's going to judge you at the end of your life based upon the things that you've done. You will be, yes, you'll be rewarded for good things that you've done. But it is possible that you could do things to lose those things also which you have wrought. Matthew chapter number 20 is a parable that explains a very similar situation to this. Matthew 20, I'm going to read it to you, just the parable. You can stay there in Nehemiah 13 if you'd like. Verse 1, it says this, For the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they, and when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour... They received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Now the interpretation of course of this parable is about the Jews. But I want you to notice the the type of payment that's given. A penny a day. You got to finish your day's work. I'm going to pay you this amount for your day's work. And they weren't even all working the same amount of hours, but they were just told, you go out and labor in the vineyard and work in the vineyard. At the end of the day, you come to me. And this is the majority of of, uh, method. This is the, 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 the majority of people have been paid through this method throughout history. At the end of the day, you come to me and I'll give you your hire or I'll give you your pay. And every last one of them, not even working the same amount of hours, received a penny a day. I'm going to reference that just shortly. Now, you should be in Nehemiah chapter number 13. Nehemiah chapter number 13. We're going to look at just some sporadic verses and probably fly through the rest of these verses for the evening. Uh, Maybe a shorter sermon this evening. But look here at Nehemiah chapter number 13. I want to point out something that... uh, that Nehemiah says in a prayer. Look at verse 11. He says, Then contended I with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Then brought all Judah the tithe of the corn and the new wine and the oil unto the treasuries. And I made treasures over the treasuries. Shelemiah the priest and Zadok the scribe and of the Levites, Pedaiah. And, and next to them was Hanan the son of Zacher, the son of Mattaniah. For they were counted faithful, and their office was to distribute unto their brethren. Now I want you to look at verse number 14 and notice what Nehemiah says right here. It's very interesting. He says this, Remember me, O my God, concerning this. And then he says this, And wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for the offices thereof. So I want you to notice the statement that Nehemiah makes right there and he's praying to God and it gives you an idea of how Nehemiah words things. It's very possible that he's praying under the Holy Spirit. We don't know that. We know that this is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It would make sense that it is. but We can still get an idea at the very least of how Nehemiah viewed this and I believe it to be inspired scripture. Nehemiah says, wipe not out my good deeds that I have done. Now in 2 John verse number 8, if you were to lose those things which you have wrought that you might, that you would not receive a full reward, obviously he would be taking the rewards from you. That's why you're not getting a full reward. But what would he be doing specifically? What does the word wrought mean? Worked, right? It's talking about working. He would be what? Wiping out your good works or he would be wiping out your good deeds. So notice that Nehemiah is praying to God and he's praying and asking him please don't wipe out the good deeds that I have done. So I believe that it's possible as Nehemiah did that if you depending upon the way that you end your life if you do a lot of good works in your life but maybe you turn from God you do wicked things you 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 know you you forsake the Lord you're not serving God as you should you're just completely backslidden And not living the life that you should be living. And obviously God's the one that knows whether you deserve it or whether you don't. That God will just completely take away those things which you have done. He'll completely wipe out your good deeds. You know what He'll do? You'll lose those things which you have wrought. He'll take away all the good works that you've done and He'll no longer account them unto you. So if you would have died, let's say that maybe you would have died at 25 or however old it was. And you've been serving God for five years. You've accumulated all these rewards. And you would have gotten a full reward. But let's say at that at a point in your life something happens and you forsake God. You stop reading your Bible. You stop going to church. Let's say you live to be 50, 60 years old. Obviously the Lord's going to be chastising you while you're on this earth as well. But I believe that God slowly is wiping out those those good deeds. I believe that slowly, as 2 John clearly says, you are losing those things which you have wrought. So that big stack or that big pile, if you will, of rewards, they're slowly being wiped away. Those good deeds are slowly being taken away. One by one he's taken away maybe some gold. Maybe one by one he's taken away some silver and that pile or that stack of good rewards is slowly diminishing. Why? Because He's wiping out the good deeds that you have done. He's taking away those things which you have wrought. The works that you have done, He's not accounting unto you anymore. That's what it says. That you lose not those things which we have wrought. Wroughts past tense my friend. Things you've already done. He's saying that you can lose the things which you've already done. That's what Nehemiah is saying. I have good deeds. And please, account, give me the reward for the things. Reward me, he's saying, God, for the good deeds that I've done and don't wipe the good deeds that I've done out. Please account them unto me. I want you to go now to go to New Testament. We're going to look at a couple of other New Testament passages. not much mentioned about this. But we're going to look at all the passages that we can. Specifically, and this is a very specific subject. It's not just about rewards. We could also study the, you know, there's seven different crowns. The crown of life and, you know, there's all these different crowns that, that, you, can, that you can get. We could study that out. There are different types of rewards that are mentioned. But specifically, I want to answer the question this evening. Every uh, scripture that I could think of that deals with the subject, can a Christian lose his rewards? So 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, I'm also going to read to you from Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 20. It says this, Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin, and then he says this, And his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered. Did you hear that? And his, excuse me, it talks about a righteous man that turns from his righteousness and falls into iniquity and backslides and lives a wicked life God says, His righteousness which He has done shall not be remembered. Does that sound familiar? Are you seeing this pattern over and over again? Nehemiah said that we lose, I'm sorry, Nehemiah said that you wipe not out the good deeds that I have done. Saying, please remember my righteousness. And what did John say? He said that we lose not those things which we have wrought. He's saying he doesn't want him just to lose those things or just forget those things. His righteousness will not be remembered. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. I believe the same thing is being taught. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Look at verse number 23. And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we an incorruptible. So he's talking about rewards and earning rewards. I therefore so run. Not as uncertainly, so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air. Now watch verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So once you notice, he's talking about after he's preached to others, after he's done these these good works, he says that he makes sure that he keeps under his body, that he keeps himself into subjection. That's what that means. He makes sure that he watches himself and he keeps himself into subjection and keeps under his body because he doesn't want to fall away. And what and what would be the what would would be the result if he were to fall away? What does he not want to be? He doesn't want to be even after he's preached to others and got all these people saved at the end of his life. He doesn't want to be a castaway. Now what's the context? He says, "So run I, what for what reason?" Or "so fight I, for what reason?" So that he can receive a reward. He's talking about winning a prize and receiving the reward and he says that he makes sure that he watches himself, he makes sure that he keeps himself his subjection and he watches the flesh and he doesn't backslide because even after all the great things Paul had done, even after all the churches that he had started, even after all the people that he had preached to and gotten saved, he's worried that one day he even could stand before Christ and be a castaway. What does that mean? Not, not worthy of anything. Not worth anything. That he could stand there and even after everything he'd done, he could mess up his life so badly to where he could, it would be worthy of losing the things which which he has wrought. This should not be a discouragement unto you. This should be an encouragement and it should push you harder to make sure that you stay in the race and that you stay in the fight and that you don't give up and that you don't backslide. You know, it'd be a lot easier to, you know, just... You know, just fall back into the flesh. If you thought, oh, oh you know, what I'm, I, I realize I'm going to be you know, punished for the sins that I commit from this point out, but at least I already have the rewards that I've wrought. You better take heed. Look to yourselves that you lose not those things which you have wrought. Amen. So you need to make sure you stay in the fight and stay on the course because you know what can happen? Even you yourself. Maybe you got a ton of people saved. But even you yourself, you know what could happen on Judgment Day? You could be a castaway. Obviously, this isn't salvation. This isn't losing your salvation. This is you not being worth anything. This is you standing before God, and you're going to suffer loss. Everything's going to be burned up. You have these rewards that you've earned early on in your life. This big stack of rewards. This big pile of gold and silver and precious stones. You fall into sin. And one sin by one sin, and one year after another, not serving God, not doing anything good for God, He's just justly and equally, knowing the correct balance, taking it away at each point, when, where, wherein it deserves, whereof it deserves. Each time He's just wiping the good deeds away. He's wiping the good deeds away, one after the next, after the next. That should that should provoke you to stay in the fight. That should provoke you to stay. On the course, go to Galatians chapter six and see this again in Galatians six. That talk of being a castaway is a perfect—it's a perfect uh, parallel with Hebrews chapter six, losing the blessings in heaven. It's a perfect parallel with him taking you know all of your good works and just burning them in the fire, being rejected and burning them in the fire. You obviously you walk into heaven, but the life that you had lived on this earth—it's rejected. The, the wood, hay, and stubble, it's rejected. You get to go to heaven, but I'm not just happy with just going to heaven. You know, I want to go to, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, ecstatic about that I'm saved and that I'm going to go to heaven, of course. But the, God is not just happy with you just going to heaven. That's what, not what God wants for your life. And God doesn't want you to be complacent with that. God has work for you and he wants and tries to encourage you and motivate you with different things. So run, he tells you. Run that you may obtain, the Bible says. God wants you to be motivated into earning rewards. Galatians chapter number 6, I want you to notice this. Verse number 7, it says this. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So notice that God is a just God. He's not mocked. You're not going to deceive God. You think people think they're going to get away with things, but they're not. You know, the way that you live your life, you're going to be rewarded whether it's good or whether it's bad. And God will reward you for the good. God will, you know, reward you for the bad. He's not deceived. Whatever you sow, that will you reap. But then notice what he says next. For he that soweth through his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth through the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Verse 9. And let us not be weary... In well-doing. Now watch this. For in in due season we shall reap. Watch what it says. If. If we faint not. You notice that? If we faint not. Now what does it mean to faint not? It means to become weary and to give up. That's what he's saying. So notice that he says, In due season we shall reap. But there's a condition. If we faint not. So guess what? Let's say that you do do the the, the works that earn some rewards. Let's say that you are going soul winning. You are knocking doors. You are getting people saved. You are doing things that God promises that he will reward you for. Good deeds like Nehemiah called them. But guess what? what could happen if you do faint? Guess what could happen? Like Hebrews twelve says, you know, he talks about you know uh, uh, the 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 weak are the weak hands lift up the weak hands and the feeble knees, right, and make straight paths for your feet. Let's say that you do become weary, and you don't lift up the weak hands, and let's say you turn off the path. What is it implying? And what is Galatians six here telling you that if you do faint, what it, what's not going to happen? It's telling you you're not going to reap. The whole pa- the whole point of that verse is to tell you that if you do faint. If you do give up, if you do fall out of the fight, if you do fall out of the race, you, you could get to a place where you're not going to reap. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Whatever you deserve, you're going to be paid. God's not deceived, and God knows the perfect and just balance. And if you do faint, what the, impl- the clear implication is that you will not reap. So if you've done the works, you, know, you may have earned those things now, but God knows what it is that causes them to be taken away. God knows what it is in, the, in His perfect judgment. What, it, what actually you could do or whatever it may be. Maybe this is something you could study on your own. You know, how, what do I have to do? Right here it tells you to, if you faint. What exactly specifically is it that gets rewards taken away? It says that you lose not those things which we have wrought. God knows what it is that He would wipe your deeds away. Or that you would lose those things which we have wrought. Or that He wouldn't remember your righteousness. The righteousness which he hath committed shall not be uh, uh, remembered, as it says in Ezekiel 3. So, uh, what should be the the conclusion of of this? These verses that compel us and, 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 and tell us that it is possible to lose these things. It is possible to lose the things which you have wrought. It is possible to have your deeds, your good deeds, wiped away. What should this do? As I mentioned, it should compel us to finish our course. Acts chapter 20 verse 24 says this, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. 2 Timothy 4.7 says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. What was Paul afraid of in, in 1 Corinthians 9? He was, he was afraid that even when he was finished, Even after he had preached to others, at the end of his life, he stood before Christ. He even would be a castaway. But what did he do? The Bible teaches that he finished his course. That's what we should strive to do. That's what this subject should do. It shouldn't be a discouragement unto you. It should should encourage you to make sure that you stay in the fight. To make sure that you don't abandon the fight. That you make sure that you don't get off of the course and stop running the race. Hey, you're not going to lose your salvation. Obviously, God's going to tan your stinking hide. But on top of that, I want to go to heaven and have rewards. Amen. I'm looking forward to be given rewards. I'm looking forward to God being pleased with me and Him having something of value and giving it to me in return for the works that I've done and saying, you deserve this. You know, According to you know, a perfect judge, He says, this is what you deserve for the work you've done for me. I'm looking forward to that. I don't want to stand before God and be a castaway stand before God and, and, and as a Christian the things that I did were, uh, weren't of any value to him. Think about that. I mean, he's going to be repaying you with things of true value. So he's going to be looking at the things you've done in your life and the works and deeds that you've done and performed and he's gonna, whether or not in his eyes it's of value he's going to give you something of value. You know, It's the moment of a reckoning. It's the moment that Christians you know, look forward to but it's a moment also that we need to reflect upon that should provoke us. To do more works for God. That we lose not those things which we have wrought. That's what we need to do as Christians. We need to look to ourselves. That we lose not those things which we have wrought. But that you receive a full reward. I want to receive a full reward when I get to heaven. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father God, we thank you, dear Lord, for your word. We thank you for uh, uh, salvation, being free. And then also uh, uh, being so kind, dear Lord... To also give us rewards for the work that we have done. We thank you for allowing us to uh, be involved in ministry and to be used by you, dear God, with your hand, your mighty hand, to be able to, uh, uh, for us to be a tool in your hand to be a part of such a vast, uh, important job uh, of soul winning and the, the local New Testament church. Just please bless our church, bless all the families that are here, dear God, bless all the prayer requests. And we love you so much. And in Jesus Christ's name, amen.